and welcome to Talking Tokes. I'm David. <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm Hannah. Uh, yeah, guys. Happy it's Monday. It's Happy Monday. It's a holiday. <laughs> Everything's stupid now. I mean, we just spent like like hours and hours watching stoner comedies. Like our brains are toast. Yeah, like half a day maybe <laughs> worth of stoner comedies, maybe more. Oh man. Um <laughs> I mean, like the whole point is that they're they're comedies designed to be unfunny unless you're smoking, right? I mean Here's the thing though. Here here's my question for you, David. Did you watch these movies sober? I did. I wasn't able to access anything uh for the duration of quarantine. I did not and I'm I'm sure it did help improve these movies somewhat, but not enough. <laughs> not enough, but somewhat. Somewhat, yeah. Um, okay, guys, that's we're good talking, to know. We're talking about stoner flicks today. Um, you know, these, these are the movies made by stoners for stoners, you know? So it's not just a movie right. where, you know, they talk about weed or marijuana or, you know, getting high... Um, but you know, that, that is primarily focused on that, that culture and, you know, is made to be enjoyed by people, uh, imbibing the substance. Right. And I mean, I mean, that, that kind of makes it too hazy. I think like we've even narrowed it down even more to basically movies about one to five stoners <laughs> going on some kind of stoner adventure. Yeah. And then... You know, it's sort of these sort of plotless uh, journeys Meanders. that have no direction. They meander. Um, and I guess, you know, to some extent, the, the edges of this are a little hazy, too, because um, in, like, the 80s and 90s, there were a lot of movies that sort of borrowed all of the tropes of the, the stoner comedy, but that don't actually have stoners in them. You know, like, you're... Wayne's Worlds or your uh, Bill and Ted's, you know, because those were just about idiots, right? They weren't stoners. Right, right. They're not. They're they're the like PG PG thirteen version of a lot of these movies, right. which are definitely more R rated. Or like Beavis and Butthead, like they right. act like they're high, but they're just supposed to be stupid. Yeah, it's it's like a subgenre basically of. Of what started um, basically with Cheech and Chong in the 70s, right? Like, this is sort of the earliest, like, true example of the stoner flick that that we sort of uh, came across. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, for those of you who don't know who Cheech and Chong are, uh, (laughs) I don't know who you are or why you're (laughs) listening to this. Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong are some weird Canadian... Stand-up comics who decided to make a movie, and then they did. They totally did. It's a movie about the two of them meeting and getting high and having a series of random occurrences happen during that right. time. <laughs> um, I I will say, this is one of the ones definitely more on the meandering side of the scale than than plot driven uh right well i mean it was it was purposefully countercultural and counter hollywood you know right. like the joke was why don't we make a movie where we just do whatever we want and it goes nowhere and just stuff happens right and we're just like recreating our best stand up bits 
the Santa bits that we like. You yeah. know, there's the, um, you know, this is like from their albums, which is how they got famous, is through albums. Um, and, and, you know, it's just the stuff where they would just have like the guy knocking at the door and then the guy being like, what, who's there? Hey, it's Cheech, man. What, who is it? It's Cheech. Oh, he's not home, man. You know, it's like, right. it's stupid, but whatever, it's sold. You know, it was yeah. the 70s. <laughs> I, it, there's something almost quaint about watching this movie now. You know, like, I've never watched oh, yeah. it before, but it, it is truly such a time capsule of, like, stoner culture in the 70s that it's it's just, it's it's charming. Like, it's charming in ways that some of the newer entries I, I still find pretty crass. Are not. Yeah. Um, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, I mean, this was, like, crass, but, yeah, it wasn't trying to, like, shock you with a lot of the stuff, I don't think. It was I mean, just there trying was, to... I mean, there were some boobs, David. There were boobs. <laughs> but it was also the, the 70s, so maybe there were more of those. I, I mean, I guess, like, the point was it was just two guys having fun it wasn't about you know two guys going on a on a sexy adventure where they meet lots of ladies and kill somebody like <laughs> yeah not a lot of murder in this one i think the death count here uh consists of a bird a bird dies but that's about it a bird dies um, um... Some of some of these other entries, the the body count starts to rise. Uh, yeah, what, one one thing that I noticed about this one about Cheech and Chong was like, it is so specific to them. The um, you know, at one point they they have a joke about the uh, the immigration police coming and like taking away Cheech's family, but the joke is just that like. Yeah, they don't care. They just get dropped off in Mexico and then come back across. Uh, but it's like, it's like first of all, I mean that's like probably the most hardcore edgy like joke that they had back then. And to like, I think even today that one's kind of shocking. Yeah, I mean I think even more so because we know now that it's it's like terrible. These emigres, you know the the. The, Ice. the police yeah. just come and take them in the middle of the day for no reason. Um, and they're making a joke that, like, yeah, they don't care. They get a free meal out of it, whatever. Yeah, like, it. I, I think it's almost worse today with, you know, how we we know, <laughs> like, these, these things exist. Right, well, it's, I mean, I don't know how, it's possible that, like, in the, you know, post-2000, like, time that we live in, it's maybe like things really have changed that much as far as like deportations go that they are so much more brutal and there is so much more human suffering involved that now it's not as okay to joke about it as it was back then. Right. But I think more likely it was just as terrible back then, mm -hmm. but it was just, you know, this is how we stick it to the man kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Did you did you have any revelations watching this movie? Like any anything? As major? far as like what stoners think is well, fine. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess not revelations, but but you know, if, if we're looking at um, you know Cheech and Chong up in smoke as kind of the like er 
uh, original genesis of stoner comedies. Like, what what do we like? What jumped out to you as kind of like originating here and and continuing okay, yeah. to show up? Let's, yeah, all the jokes that started here that people shamelessly rip off, just right. compl- totally shamelessly. Um, first of all, just a, a a joint that is really big. Yep. Classic stoner comedy. Why, somehow this is a joke, just that it's, like, really big. It's so big, man. Um, jokes about, (laughs) jokes about men dressing up as women being mistaken for women. Yeah, a Um, lot of not cool trans jokes in these. Right. Well, this is apparently hilarious to the stoner because they are so high, man, they can't tell gender anymore man so i i guess what you're trying to say is that gender is you know very fluid in the world of the stoner and you shouldn't be grossed out by it i don't know it gender and the stoner like we'll get to that i i, I kind of want to talk about <laughs> it gets that so much one. worse than than here but uh yeah but i Cheech I, definitely had those jokes there you know back <laughs> in the 70s yeah, I, I think I want to tackle gender a little bit more deeply, specifically when we get to Dude, Dude Where's My Car. Um, right. But, yeah, like, that's definitely a trend that's set up um, in the original Cheech and Chong. Uh, there's the trend of an animal getting high off of marijuana, usually a dog. Um, yeah. It's funny, because, like, you shouldn't have a dog smoke. <laughs> it's bad. It, it's bad. It'll probably kill them. Yeah. Um, for some reason, though, to stoners, an animal getting high is, like, the funniest, best thing that they could ever imagine. Yeah, um, the, the random guy who sleeps on your couch, you don't know who he is. Yeah, just, like, the random roommate. Um, there's the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit? Pissing in something that is not a toilet. (laughs) Yep, yep, that's definitely one of them. Um, and then I would also say... Uh, just sort of the, like, buddy comedy nature of so many of these, how at at their center, most of these star two dudes, one of whom's, like, slightly smarter or, like, slightly more uh, outgoing. Lucid. Yeah, one, one usually slightly more lucid, one is usually of a slightly higher economic class, though not always, um, you know, like, it, it's just yeah. semi-odd couple pairings, but, you know, the thing that bonds them is their getting high. <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest part of this movie for me, was, like, Tommy Chong is, like, in, starts out in this mansion, yeah, and he just, like, takes the car and goes, and then we never mention his parents or, like, why he left. Or where he's going again. Right. That just sort of speaks to the aimlessness of like, oh, we forgot to make an intro for this character. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's in a he's wealthy rich. home and they don't like that he's a stoner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his parents keep threatening to send him to military school, but he's clearly like much older than military school <laughs> Yeah, he's school like 40. Age. Yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, like, like there's some funny moments to this there's there's usually a uh brush with law enforcement of some kind right that... but the cops are always incompetent which yeah. is which is i mean i think that that's one of the things that makes this genre subversive and also one of the things that makes it you know important is that it's taking something that's illegal 
and making it into a Hollywood movement and right. making it into something mainstream. And so, like, you wonder, sort of, could you do that for other things, you know, for other just ridiculous things that are criminalized for some reason and turn them into comedies and turn the cops into incompetent jerks? Um, you know, could you create social, a, you know, a social movement to legalize anything else or make something else illegal? What what would you what would be like top of your list to to get the cops suck in stoner movies treatment? Um, well, I don't know, but uh, like I, maybe it doesn't work. I mean, it's possible it doesn't work. First of all, weed is not legal everywhere in America right, right. now. Um, and then Harold and Kumar did the Guantanamo thing, which was what you know stoner comedies do for weed. They were trying to do to get Guantanamo closed. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, then uh, Cal Penn joined the Obama administration. <laughs> and then they did not get Guantanamo Bay closed no. in the eight years that he was in office. No. So maybe it doesn't work. I don't think it does. Like, like that's the thing, you know, like these, these movies don't, like, do... A lot because right. Well, they can they reinforce stereotypes about stoners more so right. than they break the and, stigma against weed and stereotypes uh, about kind of everyone and everything. You know, like these movies are almost entirely fueled on stereotypes for the most part. Right, but I mean to be fair, I, I don't have a problem with stereotypes if as long as the people who you know are embodying those stereotypes have authorship. I mean, that's why I love so many like stereotypical Jewish characters is because they're almost all written by Jews. Mm -hmm. So like in this case, you know, the, the Mexican characters are being written by a Mexican, uh, writer. And mm -hmm. when we get to Harold and Kumar, uh, you know, they're, they're writing themselves and they're well, writing right. other people of their own ethnicity to try yeah, and make I fun mean... of themselves yeah like if i had to pick a the most progressive uh stoner movie it's definitely harold and kumar um by by a mile also i just think it's the funniest but yeah, yeah that's me i i would agree with that um but we'll we'll, we'll get there um yeah, yeah. Is, is is there anything else in cheech and chong that it's sort of like established for the genre for for the trope um, I don't know, the parties, the busts, you yeah. know, those kind Usually of things. Usually hooking up with, with a girl or two. Right. Uh, getting to a concert, I mean, we, that it's not in all of them, but in yeah. Tenacious D, and, like, we didn't watch this one, but Get Him to the Greek has, like, we gotta get to the concert, kind of a destination mm -hmm. of sorts. Oh, and just smoking while driving, and yes. then just doing stunt driving to create humor and yep. driving over the meridian and stuff. Yeah. That that was a big thing that stood out to me that I mean I think is definitely present in Cheech and Chong, uh but you know, it's not like Cheech and Chong invented this, but like it it's stoner movies tend to be very heavy on like physical comedy and yeah. um you know, like gags of that nature versus, you right. know, which is wordy... odd because they started out as like a purely audio you know, grew. Right. I mean, oh God. but I mean, honestly, when I listen to some of Cheech and Chong's like album stuff, I listened to a little bit of it to kind of get a sense of like, oh, what made Hollywood think, okay, these guys, we should give them a budget to make a cheap movie. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's so unfunny now. Um, <laughs> it's so hack. But it's only hack because they did it. 
Of course, yeah. yeah. Their signature uh, bit, though, was let's make a dope deal, which is let's make a deal. I mean, it's just, it's a game yeah. show sketch, which we've talked about game show sketches right. on here. And it's just, what if instead of making a deal, they were making a dope deal, <laughs> and the guy was a stoner? Oh, man. There you go. But it it launched so many careers. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, after that, people are still going to take up that mantle. They're going to continue to do homage to, uh, you know, to Up in Smoke. Um, But in between there, I guess, like, the stonerist movie to come out was Dazed and Confused with Richard Linklater. That was, like, the stonerist one that... It doesn't really follow the same pattern as Cheech and Chong, but it's just, like... Let's write about the 70s and make that into a movie. And right. And that's Dazed and Confused. Yeah, Dazed and Confused is an interesting one. Um, kind of it, an outlier. If, yeah, if I had to pick one to maybe nix from the list, it, it would probably be this one. It, it, it's almost... Um, it's almost closer to, like, the kids rule kind of trope that, that we've talked about in the past, but, like, teens yeah, rule. Yeah, kind of. You know, where... It, it's, it's just, like, a stupid nostalgia piece for Richard Linklater's childhood. <laughs> and it's, like, I don't know. It's fucked up, man. It's, it's a it's, Texas high school. It's a terrible There's a bunch childhood. of hazing. Uh, you know, it's all the jocks versus the stoners and types. And they're all, yeah. everybody's driving around trying to get a beer and trying to get laid. It's the yeah. 70s. <laughs> it's just like kids being kids, man. You know? Right. Uh, but it's about that one magical night in high right. school that we all had, remember? Like, it's not the best years of our lives, but like, it's man, the- it's still important. <laughs> that one night that we right. had. Right. Stupid. <laughs> also, people in the seventies were stupid. Like uh, I don't know the Adam Goldberg character, who, oh, who yeah. like um, you know he's like, oh man, I, I just I can't be a lawyer because I saw this like fat lady and she sucked. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's that nineties misanthropy, misanthropy. You know, like you know, it's exactly reality. Right, bites. but it's nineties misanthropy. Right, I agree with you. It's 90s misanthropy, but it's seen through the lens of a boomer who is, like, really nostalgic for the 70s. Right, right. So, even more, like, misplaced misanthropy. Yeah. I was going to be an ACLU lawyer, but now I realize I hate people. I hate them. They're not worth it. Fuck them. Right, and then he, like, calls the, like, one random greaser dude a fascist. He's like, you're a fascist it's like yeah what are you talking about he's nothing (laughs) and then he gets beat up it's all very dumb um yeah this one this one again doesn't fit the the mold really because it's much more of an ensemble piece we follow like several different kind of cliques of teens um and individual teens through one wild night on the last day of high school or whatever um, it's a lot of young actors who would later become stars. Yeah. Ben Affleck in there. Yeah. Um, he plays, like, the asshole bully. Um, Mila Jojovich, who is, like, the Resident Evil chick. <laughs> she's the mean girl. No, she's not the mean girl. She's just, like, there. Oh. 
The Mean Girl was, um, right, Parker Posey's The Mean Girl. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, also Matthew McConaughey with his iconic line. Uh, All right, all right, all right. right. I didn't realize that was from this movie, and I also didn't realize that this is where the, um, I stay the same age, but they keep getting, or no, I keep getting older, but they say the same age line about high school girls comes from. (laughs) I stay the same age, and there's high school girls that keep getting older, but I am forever trapped in this youthful body, never to grow, never to grow old and to die. Oh my god. My accursed existence. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so, yeah, truly, and I guess an iconic McConaughey role. Right. It sort of defines him, you know, and, and how we perceive him, even though most of his stuff is, like, bad rom-coms. Do you get the feeling that the, like, main freshman kid, they, like, wanted to get Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but they, like, couldn't or something? It, he's just got that vibe. You know, like, very, like, Third Rock from the Sun Yeah, I mean, I I feel that. Was it Wiley Wiggins? Was that I could not tell you his name. (laughs) I mean, I think he went on to do other movies, potentially. Possible. But I don't know if he's a big star now. No, yeah. I mean, he also kind of reminds me of, like, Hanson or something. You know, it's just very much that, like, teeny bopper look from the early 90s. But it's applied to the 70s. It's so weird. They're also weird. Their hair is just weird looking. All their long, really straight, really like well groomed hair. Yeah. I don't get that, man. (laughs) I mean, that was very sixties, I guess. But this is like late seventies, so yeah. No, seventies was when they did the long hair. That was that was. Was it then too? All right. It was even more then. It was (laughs) after hair came out. You know? All right. Yeah. You remember that? It's a I, musical. Oh yeah, the musical. Um, I've actually never seen Hair. Maybe we'll we'll watch it for some other episode. <laughs> for a hippie episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's basically Days and Confused. There's a lot of just yeah. like straight up abuse in this one that was uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. Um, because it's all about hazing, man, and like it made you who you are today, and it makes camaraderie and like, ooh, it's so fucked up, man. It's it's truly, ooh. truly uncanny. Um, but then after that, two years later, we get Friday. Yeah, I mean, this is like I think sort of the next step in the evolution, which is like let's let's make it black because black people are the ones who really are dealing with most of the discrimination in terms of the the war on drugs in the 90s. You know, the, like, stoner, uh, you know, subculture has been completely, like, diminished by this point. It's no longer a thing. And now, Mm -hmm. you know, what the culture is fearing, what the moral panic is about is is black drug dealers. And so let's turn that into a comedy and then it becomes something more harmless, Something that can be sort of laughed away. Uh, and so this right. is Ice and... Cube and uh, uh, Chris Tucker. Yeah, Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. And it's like Ice Cube's, I think it's one of his first films that he was in, if not the first. Um, and Chris Tucker was a big star. And they're just playing like, you know, these kids from the hood. Yeah. I, I messed up with the watch list, I'm realizing now. And I watched the uh, second movie in this film trilogy but not the first, yeah. which explains why That's I was fine. confused. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you yeah. want to sort of summarize what happens in this one. Well, yeah, I mean, it's basically like, it's the the, the age-old story, you know, a, 
a guy buys some weed from a dealer and says he'll, you know, pay him back, and then he smokes it all, and then they don't have the money to pay it back, and then there's a bunch of jokes at women's expense, and then you call it a day. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, does this does this check any of the uh, the stoner comedy boxes established by Cheech and Chong? I don't know. I was kind of asleep for this one, but like, <laughs> it's a, I don't know. It, it, it's another one of these films w- about two guys. The one's the stupid guy and one's the, you know, normal guy. Yeah. Uh, in this case, Chris Tucker is smoky. He's the dumber one. Right. And he, he's the one who owes the drug dealer money. Um, and then, you know, Ice Cube is over here just being like, why'd you rope me into this, you know? Now we gotta yeah. go on an adventure. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I think, like, the significance of this one is is cultural, largely. It's that, like, it's Ice Cube trying to make jokes about the things that affect Ice Cube. And he wrote the screenplay with uh, DJ Pooh. Um, okay. There you that's, go. That's, that's Friday. That's Friday. Um... Next Friday, did you watch any of the other Friday films? No, or is I didn't it just watch me? All right, so here's here's my view on next Friday, based solely on right. It's <laughs> not a cheap direct-to-video sequel. Um, right? Yeah, I, I mean, this one has video. got a dog getting high. This one's got a <laughs> wacky stoner adventure. Uh, it, this time it's uh, Ice Ice Cube's uh, brother or cousin. Sorry, he he goes. He gets out of town because the guy he beats up in the first movie is coming after him. Um, and so there's a bunch of, like, wacky, stupid shit that happens uh, with, you know, the guy who broke out of jail, um, who's trying to come to beat Ice Cube's ass. Uh, and then beyond that, there's a lot of poop jokes um, and a lot of just, like, women who are into ice cube but he's like you're a crazy sex addict blah uh, <laughs> right <laughs> and you know like I said, a lot of jokes at women's expense yeah. and then the film just kind of ends yeah i mean so so i the, the plot of this one is that his cousin's house is getting foreclosed on and they need to find like three they won the lottery that's how they bought a house out in the suburbs and now they did, they forgot to pay their taxes, so now it's being foreclosed and sold at auction. If they don't they get three hundred money by next Friday, not even next Friday, by like the next day. And so they luckily realize that they live next door to Spanish drug dealers, and so they steal their money and get them arrested. Uh, and then they take the money and save the house, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so that's next Friday. And then they titled the next one Friday After Next. Yeah. Come on. Like, <laughs> I mean, just, like, go insane with it. Call it Next Next Friday or something. <laughs> you know, that's memorable. Be actually uh, weird about it, you know? just And, like, no one off. says Friday After Next. Uh, not in, like, casual conversation. Right. It's like if, you've, if you're writing a letter. Yeah. But technically, before Next Friday... Uh, but, but after the original Friday, we get the big Lebowski, the, the big one. Yeah, this was, I mean, this is an interesting outlier as well, because it's, it's a a stoner comedy, but done as a noir film, as a noir detective film. (laughs) Yeah. Um, or kind of, it's kind of a, there are some Western elements to it as well, but I think the idea is like, this is like a post-Western, like, 
after westerns right. comes noir films because the hero of a particular generation is you know is always you know sometimes there's a man you know right <laughs> and that's what there's sam elliott's team. like monologue is about it's about like each generation has a particular kind of hero that represents them and that's a that's a genre related hero so right. in the you know in the forties it might be you know the the lone Captain gunman the, the guy with no name oh and yeah. then you know later in the forties and into the fifties and sixties maybe it becomes the detective the you know the flat foot who's you know always solving the the crimes that affect all the people and then maybe now it's just like a loser stoner boomer who uh, who never grew up who never got out of the boomer. <laughs> Youth phase, youth and rebellion, youth and revolt. Yeah, man, he's he's a, a rebel. You can't control him. It's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he just he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have direction in life. He still gets called yeah. out by the greatest generationers and the silent generationers. <laughs> he's just the ultimate boomer. He's like the essential boomer of the nineties. <laughs> Right. And s same with his friend, who is the other kind of boomer, who the guy who actually fought in Nam. Uh, right. <laughs> and who is obsessed with Nam and won't shut up about it. Right. I love this movie. It's one of the best movies. <laughs> it's a really good movie. But, you know, it's got, you know, they're dealing with drug dealers. There. It, does an animal get high in this one? I can't remember. No, there was no high animals. It's not that kind of like movie. It just yeah. it happens to be an extremely drug-induced, stonery kind of meandering plot. You know, that's what's what right. makes it most similar to Cheech. In the end, they don't actually deal with any drug dealers. They're dealing with nihilists, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, which makes it maybe even closer to like dude, where's my car? And just like the <laughs> random characters that sort of intrude on their story. But they're dealing with right. nihilistic Germans who are supposedly holding this person ransom. And then they're dealing with pornographers, which was the other moral panic of the 90s. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, when isn't pornography a moral panic? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but I mean, it, it was becoming a more distinct kind of panic yes, as like yes. home video. It was, was an issue of the day. Yeah. So so you, I, I would say you're right. The Big Lebowski definitely, and, and I think it's reflected in the fact that you don't have to be a stoner or necessarily stoned to enjoy the movie. Right. Um, whereas a lot of these, that's the whole point, you know, is that you're a stoner and you just want to see people getting stoned and saying goofy crap. Or, you know, you're... <laughs> like, you're high so you don't give a shit anyway, you know? Whereas with The Big Lebowski, there's at least more going on there that, you know, a, right. a sober it's person a, it's could a mystery. dig into. There's a mystery element. There's yeah. intrigue. There's, uh, right. you know... <laughs> they, they go to a kid's house... <laughs> to scare him into giving them a bunch of money only to find out that he yeah. never had any money. And, uh, <laughs> and also they're obsessed with the fact that his dad used to write for a Western TV show and now he's in an <laughs> iron lung. Yeah. It's a crazy movie for crazy people. You should watch it if you haven't. I mean, yeah, it's it's worth a watch. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Um, which I guess brings us to the other movie that came out that year, which is Half Baked. Yeah, um, Dave Chappelle. And this one, I'm going to put this one... 
as a solid number two on my list. Like, yeah. I enjoyed the crap out of this. I, I love Dave Chappelle. I mean, this is the, the quintessential, like, we're doing what Cheech and Chong did. We're taking stand-up, which is largely about marijuana. Not largely, but it's partially about marijuana. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to take that stand-up and we're going to turn it right into a into a comedy. Stoner movie, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, this, 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 what you know, it's got a literal narration f- to the entire movie, you know, that is basically just the setups for all of his jokes. Right. It's just like, you um, ever know those stoners who are like, they think that they can only write when they're stoned. And then, <laughs> was it, was it Janine Garofalo or somebody? Yeah. Janine Garofalo was like the poet who. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, this like, is that kind of stoner who thinks. All music is better when you're stoned. And then it's John Dan Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah, and he's like, so good. Oh, man. You ever listen to this album? You ever listen to it on weed? <laughs> and he's overacting because yeah. he's John Stewart. But it's great. I mean, like, this is a this is a farcical movie. Yeah. You know, like, it does not try to, like, even for a minute, claim that it is based in reality. You know, right. like, it... It's about four friends, so Dave Chappelle and uh, his his three friends. Oh God, from, his I three guess, friends are so no, they're such nobodies, right? Like they're not comedic actors that you would recognize, and they didn't go on to do anything. Nope. There's like a Hispanic dude, a white guy who's like the hippie, and then like a white guy who's like the nerd who kind of has his life together. And, you know, the whole plot is that the nerd who kind of has his life together ends up in jail. Because he feeds candy to a diabetic (laughs) police horse and they get him for (laughs) killing a cop. It's great. I love it. It's really good. I mean, that's like exactly Um, the kind of story that you would come up with when you're high. Like, it's good. Oh, yeah. But it works. You know, like, I I giggle about that sober. You know, like, it's it's truly delightful. Yeah. But so the, uh, which we call it. Yeah. So, so that's the plot is they're trying to raise money, uh, to get him out of jail. And what happens is Dave Chappelle works as like a janitor at a medical lab. And so he finds out that he technically has access to medical marijuana. And so just keeps like stealing it from this lab by writing, uh, like fake, uh, request orders. Right. He was the original um, Breaking Bad, you know? Yeah, basically. I mean, is it Breaking Bad exactly? No. It's not quite. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really think that's quite Breaking Bad. I thought it wasn't Breaking Um, Bad the story of a janitor who steals meth from a lab. (laughs) (laughs) With doctor's prescription pads. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Totally, 100% the story of Breaking Bad. Um, No, yeah, but I mean, it just... The the real, like, central conflict in it is so cliche and bad though is the his girlfriend that he meets at the prison whose name is mary jane her dad was a drug dealer who is in prison for dealing pot and she's very moralistic about him quitting pot if he wants to be with her and he keeps lying to her about him not dealing pot because he has to because he's got to get his friend out of jail he's gotta and it's like, okay, well, at least you're not, at least there isn't a ton of jokes at the expense of women in this 
movie. Yeah. There's not a lot it's of objectification. Like, There's just a little bit like, I'm excited to get laid. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the whole joke at the end is he, he like, throws a joint off the Brooklyn Bridge and is like, babe, I'm giving up weed for you. Because uh, like, I love weed, you know, but I love pussy. You know, I love it more. It's a it's it's a total Dave Chappelle delivery. It was what he was oh, famous yeah. for back then. He's famous for different <laughs> stuff now, uh, a different yeah. brand of comedy. But uh, that was what he was that was what he was known for at the time. Oh God, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one was pretty funny. It's got uh, you know the random dude who sleeps on the couch. Oh yeah. Um, that nobody knows who he is or where he came Does from. Does he pee in something <laughs> that's not the that's not a toilet? Yeah, I don't remember what it is, but I distinctly remember him peeing in something. Or are that's we not just mistaking toilet. it for the other weird couch guy from the other movie? No. Oh, this couch guy. No, this couch guy pees in a in a toilet. But Dave Chappelle, I believe, pees in something that's not a toilet in this one. Uh, but I could be wrong. Maybe. Um, well, <laughs> that's half-baked. I don't know if there's too much else to say about it. Um, yeah, I mean, they there's definitely an animal that gets high in this oh, one. Oh, yeah, the dog. He was like an attack dog, dog, and he gets high, and then he gets murdered or something. Yeah. And then it goes into this there tangential m- like backstory for the dog that is probably made up. yeah um i don't know there's there's more incompetent policing in this one right in this case the cops like you know they you know get the guys to go uh wear a wire and take out the big drug kingpin um but they're like well we can't you know we can't be we can't act normal unless we're high and so they're like, all right, then you can smoke. <laughs> and then they get high, too. And it's like, okay, the cops are all getting high. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And then, you know, the person watching is supposed to be like, yeah, that that is ridiculous. We should legalize it. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much half-baked. Definitely number two on my list for most enjoyable uh, and stoner And number movie. zero. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Even better boy. than number one. Um, actually, I would not put this at number zero, but uh, it's it's close. Uh, is Dude, Where's My Car? This is the in 2000. dumbest movie. It's, it's so dumb. It's like, this is truly dumb and dumber. You right. know? It's, this is like, I feel like uh, Joe Rogan likes this movie. Partially because it has a bunch <laughs> of trans jokes in it. And then partially because oh, God. it's like... This- you open up your mind on on drugs and you can see the space aliens behind society. Yeah, it's... Oh, God. It's super weird. Um, the plot of this one is that... It's it's kind of the plot of The Hangover. It's a proto-hangover, have a wild yeah. night, Have a wild night and, you know, they can't remember what they did and people the next day are like, oh my gosh, you're that guy who did the thing. And they have to sort of piece together what happened so that they can find some MacGuffins. Right. Um, Because they're trying to find presents for their girlfriends, which they left in their car, but they don't know what the gifts are, but they remember that they they got them. Yeah. And they also don't remember where the car is. And then also there's like an alien device 
called the like transmorgified centridian or something. I truly don't care or remember. There's what it's a sci-fi, d- but um, this is the thing. They introduced that shit way too early, right? Like. Yeah. If the point is that things escalate at like a normal rate, they they get introduced <laughs> to alien loving nerds at like the like the twenty minute yeah. mark, who say like yeah. you guys have this device that's going to help us communicate with the space aliens, and then like two scenes later we meet these the hot big booby chick aliens, mm-hmm. which are like a bunch of models that they hired to be aliens and stand in a straight line yeah they're like charlie's angels type you know like the skin tight leather like jumpsuits right and their gimmick is just that they are very overt about the transactional nature of like their sexuality that they're like we will give you sex if you give us this thing yeah and like that seems to be, like, the running theme of this movie yeah. is the transactional nature of sex. That because the whole point it. of the movie is that they're trying to get presents to their girlfriends in exchange for sex. Yeah. And then there's also, like, it's... the extensive scene at the strip club, which is also somewhat transactional. You know, we come in with a lot of money and you give us affection. You're entirely correct. Um, sex is entirely viewed as transactional throughout the film. Um, I you know, think this one maybe takes the cake for like the most. Why is this girl still with this guy at the end of the movie? <laughs> like right. of it's, all of I them, I mean, it's, it's Jennifer Garner is one of the twins. I know, which it boggles my mind that they would create characters and call them the twins and make them fraternal twins. Yeah, that's just, and especially since they have no defining characteristics other than that they're played by two different actors. Nope. That's such a strange... (laughs) I don't know why you would do that. Like, you you just couldn't do the cloning, you know... You couldn't get a twin. (laughs) (laughs) Like, right, it's not like these actresses have a hard role. You know, you don't need someone particularly talented to, like, fill this. You could find... Not that Jennifer Garner isn't talented, which she is. She's fine. Like, but, but like, she didn't need to be there. For? Exactly. Like, she's, she's, I hope she got a good paycheck is all I can I'm say. I'm sure she did. Um, I mean, who knows? It's women in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is like, this is the movie that kind of turbo launched Ashton, Ashton Kutcher, right? Or am I wrong? Was no, this he, is him coming off feel? of the, the, the 70s show, right? Well, I right. Thought... It was it was that 70s show, but this is what made him like a movie star, right? Oh, for sure. Was yeah. this? Yeah. And then the other guy went nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he looks familiar enough that I'm like, I know you're in something else, but truly has not done oh, a lot. Oh, definitely. But yeah, I mean, this is his, this is Ashton Kutcher's movie, man. And yeah, like his persona from that 70s show easily translates. I mean, we're seeing this interesting sort of connection between the 70s and the 2000s and how they <laughs> comment on each other. The 90s commenting on the 70s and saying, man, do you remember back then? That was sweet. And then <laughs> the 70s people transposed into the early 2000s right. and that creates comedy. I don't yeah. know. Something there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I think you're, you're right. You know, like nostalgia. Is that all weed, weed culture is stuck in the seventies or something. 
I mean, a little bit, you know, it's like, that's the thing about weed is that like, it doesn't, it's not a motivating force, you know, like it, it's, uh, it, it keeps you sedentary and stationary and, you know, the only like well, forward. Not exactly. I mean, like, you know, you can go on an adventure, but the point is that like everything's an adventure when you're high. Like, okay. Going to the store is an adventure, right? You going know, to getting snacks, getting munchies, or whatever. Going, or going to, to White, White Castle. Castle. Hey, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, that's the point. Like, everything is an adventure. Like, yeah. I mean, literally, one of the times in in college, one of the first times that I was high, it was like just going downstairs to get some cookies out of our pantry mm-hmm. was like an adventure and we were like whoa what if somebody sees us going from this dorm to that dorm you know like what's gonna happen you know it could be anything and that's like i think that's the magic of stoner comedies it's that you know anything could happen while we're walking from point a to point b doing some nonsense Uh uh-huh i i mean that's that's definitely i think where the the narrative joy comes from and you know where the the inspiration for or, or maybe not the inspiration, but, like, the excuse for all the wackiness is, like, oh, I'm yeah. high. That's why so I many of these silly take place, choices. Yeah, that's why so many of these take place over the course of, like, one day. Because, like... Right. First of all, it needs to be, like, a short enough time that you could reasonably expect someone not to be coming down from a high. Right. And then, you know, it's just, like, you can stretch time when you're smoking. Like, time is... It could be any length of time. It could be a second. It could be a week, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. This, this one is truly the, at the end of dude, where's my car, a bunch of alien ladies fuse into the same (sighs) alien lady and then they become giant and And then she gets an upskirt shot. Yeah. There's vor in dude, where's my car. And there's vor. There's like most fetishes in this one. (laughs) There really is. There also just like I mean, this is something we've like lightly touched on. I, I maybe, but like the racism in this one is just like a lot. Um, yeah. Like the whole Chinese. I guess it just pales in comparison to the sexism. I mean, yeah, the sexism is again right. off I mean, the, the charts. The, the, the racism is just like doing a funny Chinese voice because Chinese voice is funny. Yeah, and I mean that's an interesting like stereotype that seems to be based like, on nothing. Well, one it's based on nothing, but two is in every single one of these like films basically. Um, Wait, where was the funny Chinese voice in other ones? Um oh, I'm trying to remember. It there I don't think there was one in Dazed and Confused, but uh in Next Friday at least they have the like Chinese neighbor um gotcha. or actually she's Korean, we find out at the end. Um, <laughs> that's the joke. Yeah, that's the turns joke. out she's Korean. Um, stupid. But you know, she like speaks with like uh, African American vernacular English, and you know, uh, the, you know. So it, it's more. So of a that's joke at least of, like, a twist on the joke. It's a slight twist on the joke, but it, I, I you know, know it doesn't really make it better. I'm just saying, like, ugh, like so unfunny. Do, there's none of that in Harold and Kumar for obvious reasons. No, yes, I mean Harold and Kumar is definitely the obvious exception. Because um, I mean, those stereotypes are actually funny. That there's like an Asian club and that they're all completely lame. But then they're not. 
That's but the then twist. they're not. That's the twist. Um. Yeah. No. Harold and Kumar is great. Um, or that all you know, all Indian guys, their parents want them to be doctors. Uh, doctors. And then he's like, I'm the best doctor ever. But, you know, I don't care, you know. <laughs> I don't care, man. I don't want to be a doctor. Um, but, yeah. The, and dudes are, dudes are in my car. They have, like, so many scenes with just, like, Asian people. And they're like, isn't it funny that this guy's Asian? <laughs> like, they go to, like, the Asian tailor and... Yeah, I mean, that's mostly an excuse for them to do the stupid tattoo on the back joke. Um, but. Right. I mean, that you know. character doesn't do anything in particular that's racist. It's just like, I think the director, you know, like the casting director said, like, find me a funny Asian guy. Right. Um, and, and why then, is he funny? Oh, because he has a, a noticeable accent. Like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And he's kind of chubby. Yeah. Um,. I'm pretty sure that actor does a lot of voices for uh, yeah. characters. I mean, he's that, definitely great a char- actor. His but character it's just the, the framing is name. like, look at this yeah. funny character. Right. Um, and then, like, the major one is the Chinese, like, takeout place with the and then, and then. Right. Um, yeah. Which like, is what is that based dumb. on? First of all, there's no such thing as Asian drive throughs I've never seen one. I mean, we don't live in California. Oh, you live in California, I guess. (laughs) Are there no Asian drive-thrus? I mean, unless I just have never, like, (laughs) stumbled across one, it just doesn't exist. There's no such thing. I mean, I'd believe it. And then then on top of that, like, when when have you ever had trouble ordering something at a Chinese restaurant? Like, that never happens. It's never (laughs) happened. First of all, they put numbers on everything. Right. Like, there's no miscommunication happening here. Right. Like, I don't even know that it's a thing about miscommunication. It's just, like, some asshole, like, takeout person who can't say anything else but and then. Like, it, it's just a weird joke that doesn't work to begin with. And, you know, it, it again, it's funny because it's someone saying it in a Chinese accent. And because it goes on too long, which is and most of the jokes in this. It's so like, how long can long. we stretch out this joke? Which is funny, on weed like <laughs> things that go on too long are funnier on weed than they are when you're not because yeah everything just more... feels infinitely long well right and also you have more patience for it because you're blazed out of your mind right <laughs> like and you're and, and like repetition is funny like uh-huh. when you're stoned i feel like that's true yeah dude where's my car sucks no one should ever watch it uh it's transphobic as hell. I mean, there are some parts that I actually, I think, I think the dude and this, the dude sweet tattoo joke, for some reason that gets me. I don't know. It's That's dumb. giving it as much credit as I possibly can. You know, that's the <laughs> joke that, that's the joke that landed for me, whatever, that they're just the jokes where they're just so stupid, you know? Yeah. Where, the, and, the, and then when it goes on just way too long, that's funny to me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know, all the bizarre jokes of like, oh, there's aliens. Blah. Oh, you know, can we bring it back to the, the pudding in the beginning? Pudding's funny. Yeah. Or say pudding out loud. Oh, Animal I mean, Planet. He watched Animal Planet, so he knows all these inexplicably important, useful facts from Animal Planet. <laughs> yeah. Nope. None of it works. It's it's all pretty dumb. Um, 
Yeah, let's talk about Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, because I liked this one. It's the best one. 10 out of 10. I feel like we will have the least to say about it because we just like it so much. I mean, we can still talk about like the the tropes that that it uh, yeah. is carrying on no, and, and I don't commenting think no animals on. Animals get high in this one, but there no, is an animal that just but, is a puppet and that they, attacks them. No, they get the cheetah high and ride it. Oh, they do get the cheetah high. I forgot. <laughs> this one's got a cheetah in it. That's the wackiest right. part of Harold and Kumar is the cheetah. I meant hang gliding, I think. The hang gliding is a lot, but it's somehow more grounded than riding a cheetah. It's it's <laughs> it's it's more grounded, even though they're in the sky. A good one. I I mean what makes this one so good is I think it captures more the modern experience of 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 pot smoking than yeah. the, the, you know all the ones that are just referencing the seventies or dude where's my car which references nothing and <laughs> it's not based on any reality that anyone's ever experienced. Right. Um, it's and like, it's it's not based yeah. on a stand up special either. That's true. Yeah. Like I don't know exactly who put together you know the script and everything. I'd have to look into like the development of Harold and Kumar, but. I mean, it comes from a genuine place of wanting to make a film that's like an adventure film that just has a really mundane goal, which is going to a fast food restaurant that closed and moved. Right. Um, and and I, I like the framing of it because we start centered on these two like white dudes who are like, oh no, we've got so much work to do. I know, we'll pawn it off on this guy. And, you know, yeah. they get Harold to agree to do their work over the weekend or over right. the evening. He's belittled, he's beleaguered as a as an employee, he's unsatisfied with his right. life, but he's got his act together. And then you got this, you know, the stoner loser who doesn't have his act together. It's a classic well, contrast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a classic contrast between Harold and Kumar, but I like that... To me, it almost feels like this movie is saying, like, yeah, you know all those movies where, like, two white dudes go off and have a stoner adventure on a weekend? <laughs> like, these are what those other background characters are doing. Like, That's this is good, who yeah, they are. Yeah, I didn't really think about it that way. Yeah, they go to, like, Vegas, right? Or, or something. The, the like, they, they so are Atlantic City. They have City. a much more Hollywood-style adventure, whereas this one is very down-to-earth and... And, you know, it's just them encountering crazy characters on the road. Right, right. Um, so, you know, like, I, I, I like it as this sort of, like, recentering of the stoner narrative, again, on two characters who, um, you know, in general, are not depicted in fun and funny ways. And if they are, they're, it's usually done pretty racistly. Um, so, you know... I'm not the yeah, first well, to say like groundbreaking, but it's not groundbreaking. It's not groundbreaking, but that's the point. Is it's 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 what makes it good is that it is a direct callback to you know Cheech and Chong. Yeah, you know these characters who are you know ethnically diverse. I mean, you know Tommy Chong is is uh, is half Chinese and he's Canadian, mm-hmm. but the weirder part of him is that he's Canadian. <laughs> Like, his Canadianness, I think, is the more defining aspect of his performance. Right. For um, sure. But, you know, Harold and Kumar, their, their, ethnic, their ethnic background is important to what they do, but it's not the main part of what makes them their characters. Right. Um, right. I, I think that's important. And that's, yeah. 
fun. And, and like, they're fully developed characters. Like, that's the thing. This is also, um, I think, one of the few that has kind of, like, the same goal from the beginning all the way through to the end. Because, um, like, in the original Cheech and Chong, they're, like, whatever yeah, they were going to do next. Totally. Yeah, it, it's totally this meandering. This is meandering, but it's bookended with an actual start and an end to the movie. Right. Big Lebowski's meandering. Half-Baked is meandering. Um, Dude's where, Dude Where's My Car is certainly meandering. Well, they're always trying to find their car. You know, I mean, and they find their car. Yeah, but they get the car almost before. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's not true. They don't get the that's car. That's true. Until they the don't very get the car scene. until the very end. All right, you're right. Fair enough. Dude. And, and Friday, they're trying to get money. You know, do they get? They don't get all the money until the end. So I think having a goal that's more of a modern construction, you know, or a contemporary, you know, fixture of this genre. In the beginning, there was no direction, uh-huh. and then somebody said, "We need to make this into a Hollywood." screenplay right and so we got to give them a goal that they're trying to achieve and that's yeah in this case white castle but they 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 make it feel big they make it they feel do. important you feel what they feel yeah um, i want kind of want some of those little burgers right now <laughs> those sliders yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean so you know this one as we said it's got the cheetah it's got Two characters, one who's more of a straight man, one who's more of a, like, wacky, off-the-wall character. Um, yeah. You know, they it, They do have a, a roommate, right? Or, no, they just have their... They, they just have their neighbors who are the, the Jews who are... I mean... Are they their neighbors? Anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah, Are they their neighbors? I think they are their roommates, or maybe I'm wrong. Whatever, they, they have two close friends who are like, yeah. oh, I like the boobies, I'm a <laughs> Jewish man. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they've got that, um, and they've got... The, uh, this this one has the, you know, random celebrity cameo playing himself. Oh, yeah. Which I think becomes kind of a staple. Is it? I mean, not as much in the ones that we watch, but I, in a lot of the other ones that we didn't cover, that we won't, won't be covering today, I feel like... The random celebrity bursting in and being like, hey, it's me. Recognizable <laughs> actor. Right. The, the thing I love about this is it's Neil Patrick Harris and he's like... <laughs> well, he was still in the closet on, like, at this point. Was he still in the closet at this point? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's fine. But it's just in retrospect, it's very hilarious seeing Neil yeah. Patrick Harris being like, I need that pussy man. At the time, like, I think he was really just known for Doogie Hauser. Like, yeah. Like, he was a child star, and that right. was the joke. Was, you know, it could have been Macaulay Culkin, you know? Right. It could have been anybody. Yeah. Um, but the joke is just, oh, look, a child star grew up to be kind of like a douchebag. <laughs> right. Um, and, but it's and funny. It's, it's funny, and, you know, he pays for their meal at the end and, and gives them the car back, and uh, it's all, all's well that ends well, right? all's well um yeah but then i mean really the the hero's journey i think is much clearer here than in other movies like in half there's kind of a a character arc in that he gives up weed which i don't even know if he should maybe he should just find a girl that's like you know doesn't judge him for his his like part of his defining personality i don't know (laughs) um but, like, there's nothing wrong with smoking pot a, a, a little bit, you know, to yeah, be... Yeah, but, it, like, you know, there's a difference between smoking pot a little bit and being, like, a stoner. 
Right. But she said, you got to give up weed entirely. And That's true. She did. It's like, maybe he should just find another girl. Like, there's nothing wrong with him. He's, he's fine. No, he doesn't have to see, change. David, you don't understand. Respectable girls, you know, like the kind that you right, fall in love course. with, they don't like weed. Those are for right. sluts and whores. All of the, you know? all of the, right. All of the girls that you meet while you're stoned are secretly men. Or whores. Or whores. Or both. Um, right. Uh, but Harold and Kumar doesn't have that. Harold and Kumar has, you have to, you know, you have to learn to be a man kind of thing, but in a very stand up for yourself at work kind of way and speak your true feelings to someone you have a crush on (laughs) and, you know, don't be worried about what people think of you if you become a doctor, a totally respectable career. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um... Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's an interesting one, and you know it talks about uh, how yeah, it's it's interested in, in interrogating certain stereotypes and sort of confronting them and saying, is this yeah. is it worth getting worked up about this? Is it not? Um, you know, one one weird bit is uh, at one point Harold ends up in jail for jaywalking because uh, yeah. a cop is racist. And, um, yep. he, he's in there with a, a black guy who was literally doing nothing. Um, and it's also in the jail. Um, so just some more great social commentary right there. Uh, but the, the black yeah. guy who's in jail is kind of like, I don't get worked up about every old thing. Like karma has a way of making it all work out in the end. Um, but then, right. and the which gets screwed over, right? Right, and the cops get screwed over, which it's like, I get that for this movie, that's fine, and it's basically the writers telling us, don't don't worry about this plot thread, we'll wrap it up later, it's fine, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll get their justice. Um, but, like, I don't know, if you're reading it in any sort of, like, social consciousness, uh, like, sort of reading of it, there's... It, like it's bad advice, you know. <laughs> like don't don't just no, ignore. Yeah. I mean, all but I don't think that I don't think it's trying to be good advice. Also, no, it was two thousand four. You know, yeah, there was not really a revolutionary mindset. There was no, there was no class consciousness going on. Uh, there was no Black Lives Matter. Right. Uh, in two thousand four, the recession hadn't hit yet. We were still dealing with Bush. Like, it, it's what it was. <laughs> Things um, had a way of working themselves. <laughs> Homes out. Homes out. <laughs> Back then. Um, God, if fucking only. <laughs> I just I didn't put this one on the list, but I did end up watching Soul Plane. <laughs> okay. Which is tell just, me about it. It's just all the same shit, man. It's you know, <laughs> uh, Kevin Hart. You know, he gets uh, he opens up an airline called NWA. Mm-hmm. And it's in the uh, it's, it's in the Malcolm X terminal, uh, nice. and then he, you know, it's all black people on the plane except for one guy whose name is uh, uh, it's like Elvis Hunky, and so it's supposed to be like Honky, and uh-huh. he's like the whitest person alive, and he just come <laughs> from Crackerland, and like he's getting on this plane, and then it's all about like. Oh, his his girlfriend and his daughter are getting hit on by black men. Oh. <laughs> and uh, his son is, like, dressing like a rapper and saying slang now. And, uh, you know, the 
the the pilot is is Snoop Dogg and he smokes weed in the cockpit and he's like you know faux faux shizzle I don't know <laughs> like he just says right Snoop Dogg things and that's the joke. Yeah. There's like and a then Snoop most Dogg... of the other jokes are about you know people touching women. Yeah, so much sexism in all of these movies. Like there's not a right, stoner well, flick just completely for women. Male... Well, you know, like we're starting to get more. It's it started to become more acceptable for you know yeah. women doing drugs and and that that's a social activity and women being portrayed as stupid or foolish or goofy on on TV and in movies that's becoming more of a thing. So you've got like uh, y- you mentioned to me the the example of uh, Broad City. Um, Broad City, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, and and you know, I think we're starting to see more. Um, and then like, Booksmart had a drug element in the buddy uh, girl comedy. Yeah, there just aren't that many buddy comedies starring women in the first right, place. Right, right. Um, like you heat. know, <laughs> yes, the heat. Uh, there's there's slowly more and more like ensemble women's comedy movies. You know, like right, Bridesmaids, but, 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 but Bachelorette, buddy, buddy women's comedy. That's that's a new you know. Because, yeah. like, ensemble comedies can have men and women or, or you know, groups No, 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 but I'm saying, like, ones, women-centric but... ensemble, like, casts where... Right, I know. I'm yeah. just saying, like, it's one thing to have, like, an all-female comedy cast, and then it's another thing to have two female leads going on a goofy adventure. And right. And we just don't see it that often. Right. But I, Booksmart I... was one, and that had a drug angle, so, you know, it's progress. Yeah, um, Booksmart's great. If you haven't already watched it, please go watch it. It's delightful. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would say the closest thing, though, to, like, a true, like, female stoner flick is is definitely Broad City. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's... And it's actually it, which, good, unlike a lot of yeah. the things on this list. <laughs> that's very true. You don't necessarily need to be stoned to enjoy it. Um, though... I'm sure it helps. Um, all so right. I didn't watch Tenacious D for this list. But I you, did. You watched Tenacious D? Yeah, I had never seen it. This is fun. Like, it's stupid and goofy. Uh, yeah. I would I say... Like, I like them as a group. I think they're funny. Yeah. I, I'm not sure where to place this one on the sexism scale. Um, just because... Mm. There, there's a lot of like pussy chasing, but there's like not any boobs as far as I can remember in this one. <laughs> like, there's not just like full frontal right. nudity. It's, there's not the the completely gratuitous shots of just like the boobs take up the entire frame. Right, that's right. That's just the whole shot, and it's like the the phrase "male gaze" does not do it justice. Um, <laughs> yeah, truly. We're looking but like, at you I mean, Tenacious D was always more about Satan and the yeah. devil and and rock and like yeah. the, the moral panic around rock and roll. And, right. Though know. I mean, this one literally, like, if if you want to know if this is a stoner movie or not, it it literally opens with like two animated versions of Jack Black and uh, Kyle Gass coming out and going, "Are you ready?" And then like farting into the title sequence which is like the instead of the thx it's uh thc but it's thc they want you to get high to watch this and you know then there's noises of them like lighting up uh so 
so yeah, it's um Yeah, I I'm not a huge fan of the really like self-aware like it's a drug movie opening. <laughs> you know, on the yeah. cover of the half-baked movie poster it was like this this movie will give you the munchies and it's like I don't know uh-huh. what that means. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the worst offenders of, like, self-aware weed movies are definitely Tenacious D and then Mac and Devin go to high school. Um, Mac but, and like, Devin what else is could you expect? Category. We can't even, yeah, we can't even we'll, categorize we'll that with there. Tenacious D. But, yeah, but I, I mean, Tenacious I mean, D is just fun rock and roll adventure movie about two idiots. Right. Like, the stonerness, like, like, I feel like, is not that big of a, of a deal. So it's weird that this is the one that has to, like, tag it as this is a stoner movie. I mean, they do get high a lot throughout the movie, and also it ends with them getting high off of Satan's horn. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, like, there is that. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a fun, yeah, buddy comedy. Are the songs comedy. good? Did you like the songs? Yeah, the songs are good. I I feel like I've heard, like, half of them before. Um, yeah. But I mean, they, they've yeah, entered I, the public consciousness. I will say, I I had a ton of fun watching this um, with Logan, my my partner, because he <laughs> he grew up watching this, but hadn't watched it in a long time, but still remembered the words to like every song, um, and it was just kind of like delightful <laughs> getting treated to this in surround sound. The the land of Kickapoo, right? That was yeah. That's where... Yeah, he, it's all okay. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't... As comedy, it hasn't aged terribly well. Or terribly, but it also hasn't, terribly. Yeah, it, like, it's middle of the ground. Like, I, I wouldn't feel bad suggesting this at, like, a watch party or something. You know, like, I could yeah, not in good conscience say, yeah. let's all watch Dude Wears My Car. But... Oh, Unless you were, like, we need to watch an awful movie and point at how awful it is but like but, i'd rather watch like i don't know <laughs> cheech and chong or like right. dazed and confused just like truly anything other than dude where's my car it's just like not even enjoyably bad um but yeah tenacious d was great that that came out in 2006 and then two years later in 2008 getting we're getting there guys uh it's the pineapple express Right, I mean, like this one. I hated we're seeing this the one. Judd Apatow. You hate this one. Yeah, yeah. No, I I hate this one. This is my number zero on the list of movies. I I don't know about that. It's just like I did Judd not Apatow, laugh. It, I don't. It's the point was let's take a uh, you know uh, a stoner flick and let's let's add action movie elements. Yeah. To give it a more high stakes feel. I mean, it's possible that this one is just more male skewed than some of the other ones even. I mean, it, uh, it might be. Like, the action elements might put it there. Because to me, you know, in most of these, it's two idiots getting high and doing goofy shit. And for the most uh-huh. part, that body count is relatively low. The body count right. in Pineapple Express is off Pretty the charts. High. It's yeah. crazy how many people these two idiots kill because they're high. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, but we have the involvement of the drug dealer as the instigator of tension, which was also in Half-Baked. Yeah. We have the, um, you know... Police. The driving and getting arrested, and but in this case it's like dirty cops yeah. is like the thing. 
Yeah. Um, which there, justifies us being able to kill them. Whereas in, in all the other ones, the, the reason that we get to fuck with the cops is because they're cops and they suck. But in this right. one, it's you have to yeah. justify they're dirty cops, so you can't go to them for help. I don't know. I think a lot of the jokes work in this one. I can't point to any of them in specific, but I think that the dynamic works... You know, it's a it's a it's a played and it's a tried and true dynamic of Seth Rogen's character and, and yeah. uh, James Franco's character, the the loser stoner and the stoner who's a little more has his life together a little bit, and you know they're both uh, they're both struggling. And I think the joke the joke that w- was really the foundation of it was like when you're dealing with a weed dealer, they're they sometimes try to be more buddy buddy. When it's really supposed to be just a transaction. Like, that's the joke. Okay. And so it's like, as they form this friendship, I guess you're supposed to think, like, y- you know, that's that's what my weed dealer would want or something. I don't know. Like, I don't think that it's the, the greatest movie of all time. I think it adds something to the genre, though, you know, to make it more Hollywood. Like, the point is just Judd Apatow being like, I'm going to bring in these you know, comedic talents that I've worked with in the past, you know, on Freaks and Geeks and, you know, all the other Seth Rogen movies that Judd Apatow produced. Um, And then, you know, let's just do it up as a weed buddy comedy that harkens back to, you know, Cheech and Chong in some respects. I think, I think that's valuable to some extent. It's, it's not a great movie, but it's something. I mean, I just can't believe that James Franco was nominated for a Golden Globe because of his performance are in this sure, movie. Are you sure it wasn't an MTV Movie Award? No, I am sure a it was Golden a Golden Globe? Globe. Right? Like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like when this came out, people were, like, <sighs> really into it. And it's just, like, at least for me, painfully unfunny. Like, the... Like, I don't know. Like It's not painful for me. It's just not... Like laugh out loud, funny. It, I don't know. It just doesn't do anything. It, a lot of people die. There's, you know, they do the stupid shit. I will say this is the only one where they like don't actually get an animal high, uh, but they try to. They try to get a caterpillar in the woods high, um, but obviously it does not work. Oh, it's just um, a stupid joke. Yeah, it's really dumb. Uh, you know, and I, like, like I'll give it this. It's not too bad on the sexism scale <laughs> as far as things go. But uh, just because just it like completely fails the Bechdel test and there's absolutely no female characters in the movie. Right. There's, there's a mom and a daughter and the daughter is in high school and that's creepy. Um, but it's Right. But it's, it's, it's just, she's only there to highlight the fact that this guy is a loser, that he's dating right. a senior in high school. Right. And that he's immature. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Pineapple Express. I mean, it changed the game, certainly. I mean, after that, the stoner comedy becomes an action movie pretty much until the modern day. Um, you know, all those Judd Apatow movies are relying on stoner audiences. But it's right. it's, it's moved from a sort of countercultural, like, anti-mainstream sort of comedy to just, like, super bad, you know, like... But I mean, These are all just bad. movies about... Well, that's Superbad what I'm saying. Superbad is not this. like a a stoner comedy. Well, yeah, I know, but it, I'm just saying that right. it's the genre. The, it's the it's the raunchy comedy. It's just 
it's not there to sure. be countercultural. It's just there to be for young people going to the oh, movies, I, going to see I see what you're I see what you're saying. So like, yeah, I, I think you're right in that, you know, the stoner comedy has sort of moved away from being necessarily its own genre in and of itself where, you know, you can really easily locate something as like, ah, yes, this is a like stoner flick um, versus just sort of being absorbed into that larger demographic. Right. Right. It's now part of the like larger cultural milieu enough that, you know, it's, it's fine if you just have like pot smoking as a part of your regular buddy comedy, like wacky, whatever you're doing right and 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 even like you don't need to directly reference pot in order for it to appeal to the types of demographics who are going to be smoking and then going to see your movie like right there's just sort of a cultural awareness of like weed is not that big a deal it's not it's not edgy to put weed in your movie anymore it's not countercultural to say like you know screw the cops whatever i'm gonna do what i want it's just it's just another aspect of, of the film, uh, which which right. makes, you know, the more uh, the more intentional like a weed movie is now, the more it just doesn't work. Right. It, it, it's just sort of because it's just sort of a part of everything. Mm-hmm. And I guess that kind of brings us to kind of the end. Yeah. Which is the end of my life, which is Mac and go to high school. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's just death. That's it's, just, that's I mean, you doom. hated it that much? I. It's just, it's nothing. It's a movie made on like $2. It <laughs> opens with a CGI blunt saying... It's uh, like a YouTube man, this comedy. This only for watching. Yeah, it's like a YouTube comedy. It's like, I, I it feels it. like it was made by like Vine stars or something. <laughs> so yeah, but it, it was made by, it was made by Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. Like, but it's great. Yeah, it was. It was just to promote their collaboration. It wasn't. It wasn't to make a movie. It was just to sell music. It's so shameless in that regard. <laughs> I mean, it it almost feels like a porno, like half the time, because there are just truly right. so many jokes about like fucking and you know. Right about, but it's like it's supposed like, to be Snoop Dogg, a, and he's supposed to be a high school student. But, and like, the girls are like high school age. It's disgusting. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, well, no, here's the thing. This is why it also feels like a porno is because no one in that movie is high school aged except for the kid who they get That's to right. be in the wheelchair. Everyone else is like at least 20, you know? No, wait, wasn't that Andy Milanekis? Which kid? The kid in the wheelchair. Oh, right. I'm saying He's not like. He's a kid. He's Andy Milanakis. Oh, shit. All right, great. So no children are in this film. Yeah, Andy Milanakis was, was, was born in 1976. Yeah, okay. So he wow. He's all of them. Um, cool. So, yeah, zero children in this film. Um, it's, it's all adults. That's why it feels like a porno, though, because it's like all this like terrible acting in like a high school setting and everyone's doing drugs and cursing and you know i think it'd be one thing if like they just had the opening cgi blunt telling <laughs> us about the rules of the movie and like and that explain was to us what a movie is like he's just explaining all these things that we get like we get it them intuitively like oh this is a movie about smoking weed yes we get it like yeah he just keeps talking and then 
It would be fine if it was just that for the intro, but then he keeps coming back. He does. And it's interesting because, you know, this is supposed to be like a stoner movie for stoners, but right. he like, but like is explaining the difference. To... Yeah, he's like trying to explain the difference between like weed strains and it's like, oh, the indica like chills you out, man. And the sativa, it's like more of a head high versus a body high. And, you know, like explaining all these I mean, terms. Like, and it's the like, joke is that it's like an educational film. It's like a parody of educational films. I don't know. But it's, it, but it's like, it's not though. It's just taking 10 minutes out of your short movie to <laughs> like... Yeah. explain things so so the plot of this one is that snoop dogg has been a high school senior for 15 years uh <laughs> and that is that in the plot or is yeah, that just no, implied that's, that's in age? the plot they say it several times uh oh is that he's been a high school senior for 15 years running um and he's basically the school weed dealer and he gets paired with this one kid who is gonna be the valedictorian to do a science project and yeah. uh it's whiz it's yeah, Wiz it's, it's Wiz Khalifa. But in in the beginning, Wiz, uh, you know, he's straight edge. And then yeah. uh, Snoop shows him the beauty of marijuana by drugging him with a pot brownie. Uh, and then right. they just smoke weed a lot for the rest of the movie and call his girlfriend a bitch. Um, and then Wiz, Wiz's character, Devin... Um, goes to a strip club, or not a strip club, goes to, like, a back alley massage parlor, and basically Snoop Dogg pays for him to have sex with a woman for the first time, um, and you basically see all the tits. Um, it's just all out in there. This one definitely fails on the, the sexism side of things. Definitely on the lower yeah. end. I mean, like, it just goes on, like, a massive rant about how there are too many bitchy women in the oh, world. Oh, God. And it's men's fault for not, like... Keeping them in know, line. standing up to them. Uh, it's, like, terrible. The, the, they do the stupid giant... The giant uh, blunt joke in the beginning, and it's, like... Yeah. Straight they also out do it... Yeah, they do it again at the end, too. I, I mean, it was funnier in Cheech and Chong, because at least in that one, they're smoking dog shit. <laughs> Uh, that's I mean that, at least that's a joke not just like it's really big um god I don't know what else to say about Mac and Devin uh yeah there's nothing else there's to nothing say. else it's to terrible. say it's 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 a direct-to-video schlock it's, it's made to I will promote say, an album this is one that I did find to be more entertaining while impaired <laughs> I mean, that's what they say at the beginning. It, it just literally won't work as a movie unless I, you're high. I think watching it without without anything is has got to be truly unbearable. In um, their words, it's like watching a 3D movie without 3D glasses. Yeah. Uh, I but th I think that basically the, describes this whole genre. The weed tru truly only made it so much better. Uh, like not, not really enough to save it. Available on Netflix if anyone wants to see the train wreck for themselves. Um, yeah, uh, so, so that's about it. That's We've talked it. for a long time about this, guys. <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys were smoking, because this is too long. Yeah, uh, this is quite rambly. Maybe I hope we'll... you guys enjoy your 420. Yeah. Right? I mean, I hope I, we it... don't have any big conclusions for this one because no. the, they're stupid. The movies it's, are dumb. It's dumb. I think I think the big conclusion is that you guys 
life sucks right now, so take some time for yourself and chillax and live in the moment. Right. Um, and and definitely, you know, always your tip bros. your weed dealer. They're really struggling in this, <laughs> you know, this is the exact type of situation that hurts our, you know, they're heroes, really. I can't tell if you're being facetious or not. (laughs) (laughs) There are are emergency service workers. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, listen, if they're out there... Give them a big tip. Give them a big tip. Um, All right. We'll we'll see you guys next week for probably a more sober and uh, more (laughs) short uh, take of something. Might be talking about Cora, might be talking about something else. We'll figure it out. Bye. Bye.